listening to Soul Knox Podcast, and I'm your host, Carl Hikara, and this is episode number 74. And uh, this is also um, episode four, five of the Horror Hotel series that I do with one of my best friends, Mike Purdy. And uh, we're coming back this, this month for with um, one that Mike picked this time, which is House of a Thousand Corpses, directed by Rob Zombie. So, yeah, so um, ironically, this movie just came out in the theaters as well. So my friends went and saw it. Uh, we didn't end up going to seeing it. We kind of were planning on it, but then ended up not being able to. So, you know, just watch it home. But, yeah, um, it was cool rewatching it. I haven't seen it in probably over at least a decade, if not longer. And so, uh, yeah, it was definitely uh, cool to revisit this crazy fucking movie and, and uh, talk about it with Mike. And then we also do a uh, a short um, review of Saw 10, which we saw in the theaters. Um and then some other horror talk. And uh, yeah, since recording the episode, we've also gone and seen uh, The Exorcist the Believer, which we will talk about either on the Friday the 13th episode, which will be out later this month for Halloween, or the next proper um, horror hotel, which will in November is going to be the movie Phantoms, which is a big favorite of mine. I actually just rewatched it, but I'm definitely going to be rewatching it again next month. And um, I try to read the book too. I just bought the book actually, and like a compendium of Dean Koontz novels, it has three of them, and uh, that's one of them. So, kind of want to revisit revisit that as well. I remember reading Phantoms when I was a kid because of how much I love the movie, and uh, yeah, I remember it being a pretty cool book. And um, the whole concept of Phantoms is actually pretty Lovecraftian in a lot of ways. It's very Lovecraftian. Which I really like, you know, some type of weird ancient evil entity that comes and feeds and, you know, all this stuff. It's pretty cool. Um, so that's what's happening in November. But like I said, in a, here in a couple of weeks, um, we got a Friday the 13th special for y'all. It's going to be um, much like our Nightmare on Elm Street 1 last Halloween. It's going to be all about Friday the 13th. All the movies. Um so yeah, so this next week and next this week and next um I will be watching a bunch of Friday the 13th movies preparing for the episode. I meant to start a while ago, but uh you know, so it is. <laughs> Been having to get a lot of movie watching in for for the podcast recently, so it's been hard to uh, to do that, but now it's time to watch Friday the 13th and get ready for that episode which will be recording uh yeah, next week. So I got about the rest of this week into next week to watch uh, as many as I can. Uh, I've seen all of them before. It's more like revisiting and refreshing my memory. So, um, so yeah, so that is what is happening. Um, the episode on Sunday, speaking of movies, is going to be the uh, episode with Ralph Schmidt all about the Ninth Gate. So, uh, yeah. Um, very, very excited to get that out into the world. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's definitely a top five movie. And it was awesome talking um, with Ralph about it. And um, yeah, it's going to be awesome getting that out for everybody to hear. Um, so yeah, so look forward to that on Sunday. And then the second episode of next week is going to be with Konstantin Tuonhove. Um, it will be our next uh uh, of the Mycelium Signal podcast and uh, the Tuonimporti Collective. 
and it'll be this our second conversation we've had, and uh, we'll be recording a third one, which will be coming out in December, right in time for for uh, Christmas time. So it'll be the Christmas special. Um, so yeah, you know, because what says Christmas? Like talking about uh, horror and fear, and uh, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? Um, but anyways, so yeah, so that's what's going on. Um, we're going to get into the plugs now. Um, belong to a gang of podcasters called the Horseman of Podcast Apocalypse. Um, every other Monday you have Horror Wolf 666 with Brandon Legion. Every Tuesday you have Into the Necrosphere of Jackie Schmidt. Every Wednesday you have Everything Went Black with Mike Hill. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Mike and I do our, 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 um, our series called uh, Darkness Weaves, all about the work of Carl Edward Wagner split between Everything Went Black and Solo Knox. This month's episode will be out in Everything Went Black. Uh, should be, I believe, next Wednesday. So look forward to that. This is going to be the final story in the collection In a Lonely Place. So in November, we will be uh, officially moving on into the Kane work from Carl Edward Wagner, which you can get on uh, on Kindle. Unfortunately, it's out of print right now. Um, and then Thursdays, Mike Hill returns with Necromaniacs with Mike Scandato and Jeff Kashid. Uh, Fridays, you have the artist formerly known as Break the Apocalypse, now known as Spitball Media. Um, and at intermediate times, you have Iblis Manifestations with Cheyenne of Trivax. So that is the, the lineup of the horsemen. You can follow everybody on social media. Please um, spread the word. Share the podcast. Uh, share it to your stories and tag us in the pod and when you do. And, you know, uh, all of that is very, very much appreciated. And uh, really, you know, I really love it when I, when I see that. And um, appreciate that very much. Um, speaking of which, you can find me on, on social media at either my name or at Denver Underground Radio, which is the online radio station I run. Um, and uh, for that, we have live shows every Tuesday and Thursday, um, between uh, starting at 9 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, at DenverUndergroundRadio.com. Just go on there and you can uh, you can listen listen in. Um, Tuesdays is called Darklands. It's black metal, death metal, dark ambient. Thursday is the upstairs room which is dark wave post-punk goth that kind of stuff so yeah check it out and on our instagram you can see all the set lists for all the shows and also all the stuff about the podcast as well and you can also find our spotify links for the playlist for the shows um and then uh yeah also follow constantine with uh tonahovi with mycelium signal um we can follow him the Tuna Hovi or my Stellum Signal or Tuna Porti on on Instagram or Facebook. Check it out. He's got great episodes on his podcast. And then finally I have a uh um Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Soul Knox Podcast. And um I uh yeah, it's two to four bonus episodes a month for two dollars a month. So not too much. And um yeah. Working on my Dracula series right now. We got uh, the one with Joe about the first two Hammer movies up. And then there'll be one with uh, Matt about the third and fourth Hammer movies for Dracula. Coming out a little bit later this month. And um, yeah, more stuff, more on the way. Uh, much ahead, so to say. So yeah, so check all that out. Um, well, I hope you guys enjoy the episode. And um, appreciate everybody. 
and uh, hail Satan. of a thousand corpses some <laughs> we're yeah we were gonna cover house thousand corpses and devil's rejects but we're just covering house thousand corpses uh actually but that's fine i mean we can we can always cover devil's rejects later on sometime you know oh yeah for sure dude yeah the um so yeah that's what we're covering uh I haven't watched House of a Thousand Corpses in probably like over a decade. I don't know. When was the last time you watched it? Probably over a decade, too, even though I own it. Well, I added, I have a better version now, but thanks to you. But yeah, over a decade. Yeah. Like, I watched it. I mean, did you see this when it came out in the theaters? Yeah, I did. I was lucky. I didn't see this movie until. Like 2009, I think. Okay. Uh, 2009, 2010, I can't remember exactly. It was around then. Um, yeah. So at, at that time, I was kind of like getting caught up on movies that had come out and stuff. And um, yeah. And, uh, you know, getting kind of caught up on like like more extreme stuff that come out in that time. Right. That's because of my ex at the time, like she was really, I mean, she was a big fan of, of House Thousand Corpses and like, okay. she was a fan of like more extreme movies than I, than I am necessarily like, you know, it was because of Paradise the Hostel and, you know, like Hills Have Eyes remake and, you know, a lot of that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Like this kind of stuff that I, I don't generally tend to like watch on my own, but, 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 but I did. And, um. Um, so this was kind of part of that, but then this movie kind of surprised me watching it because I guess I kind of lumped it in my head with like all those kinds of movies. Right. Where I don't really think this movie, I mean, we'll talk about more obviously as we go, but I mean, I don't think it really completely fits into that. You know what I mean? It's not really, and I would say Devil's Rejects fits more into that kind of category, you know? Yeah, dude, for sure. Those kind of real extreme movies, you know? 
Yeah. This movie's a little too fun to be uh to be on that level. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? This is more like a glorified Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, kind of. It's something in that vein. Yeah. But yeah, so... Yeah, I still think it's probably my favorite out of his movies. Right. I don't, not, that's not necessarily saying his, his best. I don't think it's his best was my favorite. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, see, my favorite's Devil's Rejects and this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah which we'll get into. Uh, I never, I didn't, I really did not, like, did not like Devil's Rejects compared to this movie. <laughs> right. But, um,. Yeah, so House of Thousand Corpses obviously is directed by Rob Zombie. It was his filmmaking debut. Um, yeah, written, co-scored, and directed. Did all that stuff. Um, came out in yeah 2003, like I said, although I believe the movie was made in like 2001 or something. Yeah, it took like three years to come out. Yeah, it was, yeah I think made in 2000, 2001. Yeah. Um, and of course, uh, it stars. Um, let's see, we got uh, Sid Haig as Captain Spaulding, Bill Mosley as Otis, Firefly, uh, Sherry Moon Zombie as Baby Firefly, Karen Black as Mother Firefly, Chris Hardwick as Jerry Goldsmith, Aaron Daniels as Denise Willis, Jennifer Jostin as Mary Knowles, Rain Wilson as Bill Hudley. And you got Walton Goggins as Steve Na- Naish, Naish. Tom Towles as Deputy George Wydell. Matthew McGorry as Tiny. Robert Allen Mooks as Rufus. Dennis Fimple as Grandpa Hugo. Um, Harrison Young as Don Willis. William Bassett as Sheriff Frank Houston. Erwin Keyes as Ravelli. And Michael Pollard is Stucky. So, um, so yeah, so that's the, uh, uh, and then Earl Firefly is, uh, Jake McKinnon, I guess. So Walter Fallon just portrays Dr. Satan. Um, so yeah, so yeah, I guess we can, the, the production mind movie was kind of, kind of, I think that, from I remember from, Interviews I've heard of Rob Zombie, the he, he obviously had been directing you know music videos before this like back since White Zombie, right? Um, and he directed you know I think most of the videos for or all the videos I'm not sure for, um, Hellbilly Deluxe, yeah. Um, and uh, I think I think what happened was that didn't he I think he designed like a haunted house or something for Universal. Horror Nights. Like, oh, that was after House of Thousand Corpses. Is that after House of Thousand Corpses? I thought it was before. I think so. I've been doing it right now. It was before. It was before. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure. Let's double check. But um, yeah, no, it was he? He did it for designing a haunted house attraction for the studio. And and when he was designing the haunted house, he came up with the idea for the movie, and he pitched it to Universal, and they let him. They basically, you know, went with it. You know, yeah. Um, you know, he didn't really have like uh, he didn't have a script or anything. He just had an idea. <laughs> he wrote like a tw- twelve-page treatment after pitching them the idea, and then he says two months later we were shooting. 
Right. Started in May 2000, finished by Halloween of 2000. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was filmed at the, I think, the little Best Little Whorehouse in Texas set and actually in Universal Studios. So, like, the, the house and the movie is actually filmed at the at Universal Studio. Like, you can see that the house, you know. Okay. Here's there, yeah. They just they just dressed the outside of the best little whorehouse in Texas, whoever that that movie. Yeah. Right. Um. The um. The, let's see. I believe that um. Yeah, he made the movie, and then. And then, like um. Yeah, the best little horse. And then I think that basically, um, uh, if I remember correctly, you know, he made a movie. Um, like a lot of the, the kind of cut and stuff that happens in the movie, a lot of that was filmed like later on. Like they didn't have money he right. did, like, on it with his own money, basically. He did like a lot of the, the grainy kind of eight, eight millimeter looking stuff in the movie is filmed like in his basement. Oh, nice. You know, like the scene, like when they turn the guy into fish boy and all that kind of stuff. That's all like filmed. Yeah. In, okay. In, in Rob Zombie's basement, I believe. <laughs> and um. And yeah, the uh, yeah, a lot of those kind of cutaway scenes were were filmed in there. Right. And a lot of the rants and stuff that they they got going on. But yeah, so the movie was made, and uh, Universal hated it. <laughs> right. Somehow he managed to make this movie, and they decided to shelve it basically. And then they then he managed to get some other distributor to pick it up, or someone else to pick it up. But then he made some type of joke about it, like uh-huh. on like MTV or something like that, where they're like, "Oh, like what's going on with movies?" Like, "Oh, they're it's uh, coming out." I forget what I forget who bought it. They're like, "But I don't have a taste," so they decided to pick it. He was making a joke, right? Right. But the movie studio file was like didn't take that well and they like dropped it. Didn't release it. So then yeah, then a period of time elapsed where basically because uh, I think the movie was supposed to come out in two thousand one. Right. Two thousand. I think was, I remember seeing trailers for it in like two thousand one. Yeah. But then yeah, it never came out. trailers. Yeah, for it then too. Yeah. And then nope. it just then just didn't come out. You're just like okay. And then then it was like two years later it finally came out. And that that's because like I guess Rob Zombie like to get it to a point where he could afford, he wanted to just buy it from the studio. Yeah. But to get it to a point where he could buy it because you know it's like a six million dollar movie or something. Yeah. Just kept telling them how horrible it was and stuff, and no one's gonna want that. It's like you know try to like make them think that, it, try to get them so that he could buy the movie from them basically. Right. And he found, like, I think, um, was it Lionsgate he releases? Yeah, it was a Lionsgate. Yeah. So then he managed to basically buy it, buy it and get it released through Lionsgate. And that's when it finally came out in 2003. Right. Yeah, I remember uh, seeing Zombie Live there in the Hellbilly Deluxe Tour, and he was talking about House of Thousand Corpse. Yeah, because uh, when is Hellbilly, was the Hellbilly Deluxe Tour was around that time, wasn't it? Yeah. Like 2000? Yeah. The um, yeah. So the 
Yeah, the movie came out. I don't think it did very good, though. No, it didn't do well at all. Yeah. No, it's a, and I, like I was just telling you, it has a one star on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. So the critics right. hated critics hated this movie. <laughs> <clears throat> I can just say that. <laughs> but right. They had never really been too, too, too good to to. I mean. To him, and no. I don't really feel like he's gotten like very, very good reviews in general, right? No, but the one that shocked him where he got a good review it was Devil's Rejects with Cisco Neighbor. Yeah, probably Devil's Rejects was his best reviewed movie, I'd imagine. Right. Um. But yeah, so Alice and Corpses, like, so yeah, the um, you know. The movie's like pretty simple. I mean, in a lot of ways, like yeah, just there's a lot of like cut-ins and stuff like that. But basically, like, um, we start off with um, basically start off meeting um, meeting Captain Spaulding and Sid Haig. Essentially, you know, right? I mean, that's how the movie starts. We we're seeing Captain Spaulding's like uh, oddity oddity roadside attraction place, right? Yep. Would you would you go would you go there if you're like you know driving around and you see this place would you stop and check it out? Oh, definitely. That's pretty cool. It's all yeah, it is. You know, stuff from Freak Show, all kinds of weird stuff. Right. Um. Right off the start, we get some uh, great dialogue. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> this is so ridiculous, <laughs> right? Yeah, between uh, between uh, between Captain Spaulding and my, I don't know what the guy's name is. Uh, yeah, his friend, and his friend's gonna go uh, go do whatever in the bathroom, and then then we get some robbers come in. So it's like how the movie starts is you got like these robbers come in, and you have this kind of standoff with Captain Spaulding and robbers. Uh, which in which of course ends with them being like, "Well, like fuck your mama." <laughs> Fuck your mama. Fuck your sister. Fuck you. I think it's fuck your daddy. And especially fuck you. And blows them both away. So it's like, that's how the movie starts. (laughs) Like, right off the gate, you know? Yeah. Like, and then we go right into, like, the opening credits with, like, the music for this. And, uh, you know, basically we get a music video for for the song, you know, House of Thousand Corpses, you know what I mean? Yeah. Of Sharon Zombie, like naked and yeah, you know all that kind of stuff, right? Yep. <laughs> Dance around for tits out and stuff, right? So, um, you know, which yeah, it's a great, great little intro. I mean, that's the thing about this movie is that a lot of it still feels very much like a music video. Oh yeah, it's, I've always said it's like a ninety-minute Rob Zombie music video. Yeah, it kind of feels like that sometimes, and it's kind of yeah. like um. Yeah, all the cut cut-ins and stuff like that. And I think like you're either with it or you're not. Yep. You know what I mean? Like Oh yeah. Like I I know some people like complain about all like cut and stuff, particularly as we go on and you're getting like weird scenes of like Otis going on rants and you know, like all right. this kind of stuff cut in for, like kind of yeah. like out of nowhere. Right, or baby when she does that laugh. Yeah. And yeah. I, and I think you kind of just gotta be either you gotta go with it. Or, or you're not, or you're just going to be annoyed, you know? Yeah. 
for me, I've always just kind of like gone with it because I kind of like the the style of it, you know. Right. But I could definitely see why some people might get annoyed with it. Oh yeah. But yeah, so then we get right into. Um, I think the next thing we're seeing is we're seeing the the the, and they're not even really teenagers, are they? I don't know. Like they're probably twenty somethings, you know. Yeah. Like maybe college college age students. Yeah. And we're introduced to yes, it, uh, what's his name, um, Rain Wilson as Bill Hudley, Hoodley, and then Chris Hardwick as Jerry Goldsmith. Yeah, right? and uh, they're driving, and and we kind of uh, yeah, they're they end up stopping at Captain Spalding to get gas, and they also I guess we start we find out that they're writing a book about weird roadside attractions for some reason. Right, and that's why they're out and about. In the middle of wherever they are, you know, we don't quite know like where they. I guess it could be Texas, could be could be anywhere really. Yep. I mean, if you watch the next movie, uh, somewhere in the desert. Right. <laughs> and this movie is definitely not somewhere in the desert. No, no, it is not. <laughs> in this movie, it all it feels more like you're in like East Texas or like Kansas somewhere in the midwest like iowa or something you know what i mean i feel that's how it feels in this movie to me yeah they agreed like you know like just like the way that the the landscape you know i mean it's probably filmed in california obviously like some of the sets but just like the kind of feeling you get is that it's just it could be anywhere in the middle of nowhere basically right like it could be california middle of nowhere you know but it just has that feeling like it has to be somewhere that's got like farms and stuff because we see like you know Kind of like farmland as they're driving down the road. Yeah. Kind of children of the corn esque. Right. Yeah, so they go to Cat's Holding. There's their girlfriends are in the back, and that's, um, let's see, Jennifer, yeah, Mary Knowles and Denise Willis are the character names, right? Aaron Daniels, yeah. Jeff, yeah. Um, yeah. And then, um, you know, I, I you know I would say like the the downside of this movie is that all four of these characters are annoying, right? You know what I mean? Yep. Like none of them are really like likable, really, or you know, and necessarily even memorable. Like Rain Wilson probably is most memorable. You know, Chris Hardwick is kind of makes a lot of jokes and and stuff. Yeah. But, you know, we kind of introduced to them. They they go into Capaspaldings and. It's pretty. Uh, it's pretty funny, like their interaction with with him in this place, and uh, you know, Sid Haig is like puts on, is you know, is a great actor, you know. Yeah. This was like the. I mean, he basically had retired from acting, I think, before this. Yeah. Um, they started doing more after after this movie because because of this movie and because of Devil's Rejects. Yeah. But um, you know, we don't get a whole lot of him in this movie, so no, it's primarily these beginning scenes um and then uh, you get uh yeah they my my one of my favorite scenes is the murder ride oh yes like going through the uh i mean i just think that's really cool the whole murder ride thing right it's like a dark ride but they're like being pushed and guys yeah. holdings giving them the you know they're they're talking about real stuff like ed Gein and Albert Fish and yep. and you know you got you got Lizzie Bird Borden and 
But then it ends with their local thing, which is uh, Captain, which is Doctor Satan. Doctor Satan. Yeah, <laughs> who supposedly like had been like what like operating on people in a mental institution or whatever, right? Yeah. And then they supposedly hung him, but then his body disappeared as a hanging tree, you know. Yeah. So this is this is the thing, and uh, uh, believe it or not, it does come back. But basically, like they're talking like to Spalding and they're like want to know more about Dr. Satan and then he's like why um, he's like, why <laughs> and then he gives them some some directions you know yeah. you get the sensation that he's kind of annoyed with them you know yeah and uh and what we find later you get to send you know we get the feeling that he what he 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 knows what he's doing right here sending them where you he's know. sending them you know what I mean <laughs> right first time you see the movie you don't think so but like but uh, you know by the end of yeah. it you're like, oh okay but um, you know, so they send them on the way because they want to go see this hanging tree, right? Or yeah. not, not all of them, but pretty much just uh, just Jerry wants to go see it. Really, I mean, right? I mean, the other guy kind of was into it, but it was really Jerry who wants to go see it. Yeah. And so he's forcing them to go. They drive down the road. It's like raining and stuff, and then they see a baby on the side of the road. You know, in her in her cowboy hat and everything and yeah. uh, they decide to pick her up and remember my question is would you pick her up hell no i don't care if it was the 70s when this movie took place hell no she looks pretty kind of crazy doesn't she yeah she does right away you're like no there's something wrong with that lady and of course this is a direct homage to uh text chainsaw massacre with the with the hitchhiker yeah. right yeah and uh yeah she gets in the front and yeah she's real crazy and uh, and they're gonna give her a ride, and she says, "Oh yeah, that tree's by my house and all this stuff." And they go up, and as they're driving up, like, uh, um, all of a sudden we see another guy, and he shoots out their tire. Yeah, but we know, we know, we know they're up to no good. That's <laughs> right. And that's the thing is, I mean, at this point, you're already given like a little insight into the baby's mind when yeah. she's like. Doing the Manson quote, like, if you got to kill, then kill, you know? Yep. And uh, a, you're you basically, like, there's no, like, suspense as to what's going on. Like, you know no. what I mean? Like, you know, you, yeah, Rob Zombie shows his cards. And I've seen some people complain, like, like um, wouldn't it be better if, like, we didn't know all this stuff until later? And I was like, it doesn't right. Does it really matter? Yeah, right. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. <laughs> You're seeing a movie called House of a Thousand Corpses. You know something, you know, like what suspense is there really going to be? In right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> we, know yeah. we know they're not the good people. Yeah, we, we already know. It's okay. So you're going you're gonna to hear a little baby's like fucking monologue of crazy. Right. And, um, and yeah, and then so the tire blows out and then what's his name? Um, Which one? Uh, uh, oh yeah, Bill. Bill and uh, and baby go up to go get her brother, right? Yeah, Rufus. Rufus to go help uh, to go like tow them so they can get a new tire or whatever. And they they go up to the house, and and this one we see the house, and we see like all the the dolls heads like on the nails right. on the, the side, you know. 
It's definitely a that's a creepy house, right? Hell yeah, it is. Would you walk inside of that house? Hell no. <laughs> yeah, no. And I'm sure it, it probably don't smell very good neither, right? Probably not. You know? They're all dirty as hell. Yeah, and there's like dead bodies and stuff there too. Right. You know? Um, but yeah, then we, we see them like she's coming on to him real hard, right? Yeah, she is. And uh and so you see this stuff and then um and then uh then Rufus apparently has already left and went so we we know because we saw him earlier shoot out the tire so yep you know we know what's going on so then he they, he tows them up and then so everybody's there and then that's when we meet Mother Firefly yeah played by Karen Black yep with uh yeah. <laughs> this is the way they made her teeth are so fucking fu- funny, like how fucked up they are in a movie. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> she she uh she hams it up like Karen Black only Karen Black can do. That's right. And yeah, that uh yeah, she won on a, a gr- really good part of the movie. Yeah. Um and yeah, you know, and also kicks off um well, you know, between you know, with her and Sid Haig. We're showing, you know, Rob Zombie has made a habit of this, of, like, getting, like, you know, old genre stars back. You haven't even really done movies in a while. And, you know, yep. for some of them, really giving them another another shot in the arm with their careers, you know. Right. Um. So, yeah, so so then they have their, their Halloween Eve dinner. Yes, they do. And um, that's where we meet Grandpa. Yeah, he can't apparently can't fucking put things in his you know can't eat without getting food all over everything. <laughs> right, he's like he's like the disgusting hillbilly version of Grandpa Munster, right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, and you got uh, you got uh, yeah, and then we um get introduced to Tiny as well. Yeah, who's like what? I mean, how tall is he? Like seven something. Seven foot something. Yeah, he's huge. Like. Deformed because apparently his dad Earl set him on fire. Yep. And during this time, also we're getting shots of uh, we're already, oh. we've already we've already met Otis like outside. Right. Yeah, like he's he's up there torturing some cheerleaders. Yep. Because earlier on the on the on the radio, they talked about a bus full of cheerleaders who went missing or something, right? Yeah. Um, or a few cheerleaders. So he's up there with like what three cheerleaders, and he's like going on some fucking psycho rant. Like I don't. Right. Anytime like he goes into those rants, like I don't even know what the fuck he's talking about. You know what I mean? I don't either. <laughs> Bill Mosley played that so well. Yeah, I mean he's just great because he's just going on on these like psycho rants, and yeah, you can tell he makes it sound like it makes sense to him, but it doesn't right. make sense to anybody else. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. Like Otis really thinks that he's like, he thinks he's a genius, right? Yeah. And it's kind of treated as such by everybody, everybody around. Yeah, he's like the genius of the family, but he, but then he's kind of like, just like psycho, you know? Yeah. It's kind of funny. But yeah. So so you know, we 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 got introduced that earlier because 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 when Rain Wilson asks asks Baby like, oh hi, um. How many are there? And you know, she's talking about you know everybody. So, yeah. 
And finally, uh, Otis does show up because they're asking about Dr. Satan, you know. Yep. He's like, you don't want to know. Like, what What did he, what was the thing he says? He's like, you're Mickey Mouse. <laughs> yeah. I forget what the fuck he said. There. Like, Go back to your fucking Mickey Mouse, happy, whatever. Go fucking yeah. live or something. Yeah. Like, later on, he's like, you're Mickey Mouse socks with, like, the mouse and or whatever the fuck right. he, Some of these things he says are just so fucking funny. Yeah. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? <laughs> um, but yeah, then uh, and he comes out with the with the baby with the baby in a jar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. So then we get uh, we get the the next part, which is baby doing her little dance thing. And uh, you get like, um, what's her name? Uh, Mary. Who's yeah. dating Bill? I get all mad because baby sits on Bill's lap and stuff, right? Yeah. And they get this this fight, this altercation, and but then the car's ready. They try to get in and drive away. And one of the cool scene is when they're driving down. There's like some gate, a gate that's closed, right? Yeah. As they're driving down, and I mean it's such a cool scene because he gets it gets out to go open the gate, and all of a sudden you see like fucking the scarecrows are actually Otis and uh, and uh, Tiny. You know, yeah. Like all of that scene where he gets down, he's like in a scarecrow costume and just beats the shit out of him. Yeah. So yeah, so you know, now they're all fucked, right? They're now yes, they are. they're now captives of, of the fireflies. Yeah. We see some, and that's when I guess the next scene would be like when um you see like Denise wake up, and she's like in strapped to Tiny's bed and she's got like uh, weird doll makeup on. Right. And uh, baby and then Tiny like lets her go and she tries to get away and Otis catches her. Yeah. We see Mary is in and that's what we see first. She's, she's upstairs with like a dunce hat on. Yeah. And then she's like, what happened to, to Bill? And then we get scenes of them going in, playing, what is that, the Brick House or whatever? Brick House, yeah. Yeah. They're like playing Brick House and like torturing Bill and they chop his hand off and they're like touching his face with his own hand. Yeah. <laughs> Just laughing and listening to this right. music. <laughs> that part is so like fucking psycho, you know? Yeah, it is. They just They just love what they do, right? Yes, they do. As they say, you never work a day in your life. That's right. <laughs> They're just like fucking. Yeah. So then, uh, I guess, I guess Bill, I guess uh, Bill, not Bill mostly. I mean, um, Otis. I guess he considers himself an artist, right? Yes. He uses the, the people he tortures and makes them into art pieces. Yep. So he's turning Bill into a fish man, right? Or fish boy. Yep. Fish boy. Fish that's boy. what it is. Yeah. Which is pretty psycho. <laughs> yeah, she's like, "Where's Bill? Bill? He's fine. He's he, in fact, he's a great specimen. Oh, Bill's great. I've been fucking thinking all the time. Yeah, <laughs> he pulls it's it like, open, Jesus, dude. Yeah, and uh, and then baby's got uh got um, what's his name? Uh, Jerry. Jerry, and like she's like. And, yeah, earlier we also saw her with the, with the cheerleaders. 
yeah as well one that's alive one's dead yeah that, that part's just like you know she's just in the ramones and she put on her makeup and she's just she's just like you haven't cheered me up at all you know, he's like oh my god <laughs> right but yeah now she's like uh you know, torturing Jerry. She ends up cutting all of his ha- his hair off. I thought he was going to be scalped at first, but she didn't scalp him. I guess we see later, a little bit later. Like I thought she scalped him the first time watching the movie. You know what I mean? Like the way. Yeah, that's what out, I thought but... too. But then we see him a little bit later, and he's strapped to like the wall of like this room somewhere, and they're like throwing knives at him. But yeah, they're, they're, you know, they're keeping them alive. You know. Yes, they the, are. For a reason that we'll find out later. Yep. Um, so while all this is going on and they're, they're being tortured by the fire, by Otis and baby, um, who are primarily the ones who seem to be doing the torturing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the other ones don't care about it. Right. They don't seem to right. don't give a fuck, but, but it's mostly Otis and baby who are the, doing the torturing, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, then, uh, while this is going on, I, Earlier, we also saw Denise call her dad, who is played by the guy. I don't know. I mean, was I forget his name is, but he's the guy from Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, which is kind of which I thought was a a weird trip when I saw this movie the first time. I was like, is that the guy from Saving Private Ryan? He played like, right. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, okay, that's weird. See him in a Rob Zombie movie, right? Uh, but he's like an old cop. You know, when they didn't show up in the morning. You know, he calls some cop friends and, you know, uh, basically they, uh, they, they, um, they, they go out and start looking. That's the cops go to, go to, go to Captain Spaulding's and yep. I love that part because Captain Spaulding's wearing like a pig. I love pigs. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. Right. Um, and then they end up finding the car that's been completely smashed with a dead cheerleader in it, right? Yep. Like the dead cheerleader we saw earlier that ba- died in baby's bed or whatever. Yeah. And um, and then, uh, yeah, then the you know Denise's dad comes out and there he's gone on with the with the uh, the cops, which is of course um. Uh, Trying to remember the uh we got George Wydell and then I forget the other guy. Right. Whatever, you know. Yeah. You got the you got the two cops. Um and they kinda they end up going up to like where the and landing right at the fireflies, right? Yep. And uh, then we get the part where Karen Black kills uh Wydell. Yep. And then, um, and then they uh, they find uh, Otis's other art piece, which is the dead cheerleaders with uh, Denise, like in the front, naked, like you know, like she's the only one alive, like she's like almost like strapped, like almost like she's like crucified, kind of, or right? Something. I mean, you know, whatever. Like it's like this like tableau that he's created, and then and then he comes and shoots she he like the dad turns around he shoots the dad and then we have the scene where the other deputy like is on his knees and we have this incredibly long silent shot where it pulls out and 
then all of a sudden you see then also and Otis has got a gun to his head and stuff. Right. So I think it's a pretty cool, cool scene, you know. Oh yeah, dude. It, and it's what I like about it is it takes forever when he kills the other cop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It takes like long like a long time, like longer than you expect. And part of that is in silence. You know, yeah. he's sitting in silence with Otis holding the gun to his head, right? Yeah. And um, and then he pulls the trigger finally, which yeah, and I just I think that's a cool that's a cool scene, right? That, that that whole that whole this whole part I think is pretty well done. Yeah, oh yeah, dude. And then we cut to that night, and uh, they're going to r- pussy liquor. <laughs> yep. Which, which is still one. my favorite Rob Zombie songs. Yeah, it's a great song. And you get you know your. Uh, you know, essentially, you know, if it's a Rob Zombie movie, you're gonna see Sherman Zombie's ass. Oh yeah. You know, this time in assless chaps. You know, she like struts up to the up to the thing, and they get their liquor, and then um, and then we're seeing scenes of uh, Otis cutting skin off of a face and stuff, which I yeah. realized that part where he's like taking the dad's face off right you see that in the inter- introduction credits actually you see little oh, do clip, you? clips from that yeah okay like where he's yeah i realized that the last time i watched it but yeah so so he kind of skins the face and chest off of off of her dad <laughs> comes down <laughs> right who's your daddy <laughs> who's your dad yeah that part is like, so fucked up Oh yeah. Yeah, he's like wearing his face. And, right. Um, and then they're all dressed up. They dressed up the three kids who are still alive in um, bunny rabbit costumes for some reason. Right. And um, yeah. Now, now we're going into some type of weird ritual thing. And um, yeah, this is the point where the movie really goes off the bonkers land, you know. Oh yeah, I heard there's supposed to be a whole lot more, but they just fucking ran out of money. Yeah, and some people don't like that. I do. Yeah. I like the fact yeah. that it goes great. It's like I like the fact that it's like just like off the rails at this point. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and there's definitely like at this point, there's definitely a in this movie, there's definitely a, a supernatural element to the whole thing, in my opinion. You know? Oh, I do too. Like they. uh they put him down to this weird well thing and then they put like the and uh what's her name mary runs away but they put denise and uh what's his name jerry yeah into into uh into this like coffin thing mary runs away we see um we see uh shaman zombie kill her in like a cemetery yeah. Which I guess is a cemetery of the, all the people they kill, maybe. Right. I don't know. I, I, I have no clue. Yeah, I'm guessing it would be where the people they've killed. They'd have, I don't know. Um, but uh, oh yeah, and, and one thing I do really like is the music when they're like going out to that to that hole. You know. Yeah. The re- music's really cool. Yeah, it is. Like when they're kind of doing their procession down down to that hole. Right. I like that. I really like that part. And then they have like the weird like tape thing that's making it the weird like incantation. Yeah. Which really is like it feels like 
And then what you see, it, it seems like there's zombies or something in the ground, right? You know, like, I don't, you know, like, they go drown, and then they put the tape down, and then all these things come out of the this, like, muddy water, right? Yeah. And they break apart the thing, and they drag Jerry away, and she gets away, but there's all these, like, it's really, like, creepy kind of cool shots of these, like, weird, like, zombie things, like, in the mud, you know? Right. Which makes me think, okay, are these, like, zombies? Like, I, the kid, it couldn't be, like, people who had survived. We see some right. of those guys in a second. So it couldn't be, like, under the water like that. You know, it's it's just too weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I also think that the logic doesn't play a part in this part of the movie. It's just, it's just stuff that happens, you know? That's right. Uh, then Denise, so Denise is our final girl, basically. She's in the, uh, it's probably because she's, she was the least annoying out of the four of them. Right. So she gets to be the final girl. It's definitely not Mary, because Mary was annoying. Oh, God, yes. I hated her. I hate her in the movie. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, so Denise is, uh, running through, she comes across some guys with, like, decayed, like, bunny rabbit costumes on so apparently they're guys who who were put down there who knows how long ago you know right. which gives you a feeling like this has been going on a while you know they've been up yep. the fireflies been up to this for a while it's probably like a family tradition type of thing you know what i mean right which is why they're keeping them alive they're probably keeping them alive to do this family tradition that they do on halloween right every year yep. yeah uh and uh yeah so so the, but they don't hurt her they just tear her bunny costume off for some reason now she's just wearing her doll costume from earlier yeah yeah and what earlier in the in the scene where they pull it open and the, the dead cheerleaders that is that her or is it mary who's like naked like struggling in the in the thing I think it's Mary. Is it Mary? Okay, I couldn't. I wasn't sure which one it was. They look kind. They look kind of similar to each other. So it's kind of yeah. Sometimes it's hard to tell each other, tell them apart. Because I was just thinking about that. Because the last time we saw Denise, she was wearing the the same same like baby doll outfit she's wearing at the end of the movie, right? So yeah, it wouldn't really make sense. Yeah, I think it's probably Mary then in the thing. I don't know. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Anyways, it's one of them. Anyway, yep. so yeah, so she's in the thing. I love like this like underground part, and I really love when she gets to the thing, and it's just like the the hall of just bones. Yeah. Either side, I think it's so cool. Oh and yeah, she, dude. And then she gets down to the end, and she opens it up, and you got this like awesome room of, and like the chandelier made out of bones is based off of a chandelier that's in a real. Um, ossuary in uh, Czech Republic. Oh, nice! Like you know that chandelier of bones and stuff. It's like literally yeah. modeled after. There's there's a real one of those in this in this ossuary and um in Czech Republic. Okay, it's called like Sedlak ossuary, I believe. Okay, so that chandelier thing and a lot of the kind of bone designs in it are kind of modeled after that. Okay, nice. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, you know, like I love this, the set direction in this part. It's so cool. Oh, hell yeah, it is, dude. And she goes into the next room, and uh, Jerry's being, we meet Dr. Satan. Yes, we do. Who's still alive and wearing some type of 
bizarre contraption, you know. Yep. He looks kind of more like a zombie than anything in a way. He looks right. Like, he kind of looks like the crypt keeper a little bit, you know. Yep. He's there doing like uh, doing uh, surgery on on Jerry, uh, some brain surgery, and then um, and then all of a sudden we see Earl. Uh, I guess he's Tiny's dad. Yep. Um, who's apparently has no skin. On right. His face, and his his mouth looks like a butthole, kind of. Yes, it does. And yeah, and he just looks like something out of a car out of a comic book, right? Like yeah, you know, he just looks like a like some kind of crazy comic book character, you know. And uh, and uh, he's coming after Mar- after Denise now, so yep, you know, with his axe, and he's like whacking away, and she runs away, and you know, and fight fight ensues, and um, and then eventually he tries to hit her like in the tunnels and brings the whole thing down on him. Yep. On himself. And a little bit later, Mary wakes up and claws her way out. And it's the next day. She's down to the road. And then she flags over a car. And then who is it? But it's Captain Spaulding. That's right. His convertible. Picks her up. He's like, oh, it's okay. Just rest. You're okay. And then at the last scene of the movie, Otis gets up out of the back seat. Yep. And you're like, oh no! And then we see when the last shot of the movie is she like wakes up and she's like strapped in Doctor Satan's chair. Yeah. So and that's how the movie ends. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it does. Yeah, and I, I yeah, I wasn't going to try to cover all the like weird splicing stuff right. throughout the whole movie because that just seems like a fool's errand to try to remember all yeah. that stuff. But yeah, yeah, right. Because <laughs> there's a lot of it. Oh yeah, of, it is. A lot of scenes of Otis talking. Uh, some of the stuff, like somebody had said that they think it's like, like there's that scene like with Baby and and Bill when they're on the the the, the couch and she's hitting on him, and then we cut right. all of a sudden to her, like it's like nuclear explosion, this music, and she's dancing, and she's like in bed with like a skull, a corpse, and stuff like a skeleton. Right. Like people say, okay, that's probably just a look inside her head at that moment, which I guess makes sense. So you can kind of see some of those scenes as being like little clips into, into inside of the psyche of Baby or, or Otis, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which kind of, yeah, makes more sense. Yeah, it does. <laughs> like narratively, because I just thought it was just sort of fun of it, but then I started thinking, I was like, oh, I guess it makes sense. It probably is just like you get a little insight into Baby's head. Right. Just like fire and corpses and horrible laughing yes so yeah so, uh, so what do you, okay what version of otis do you like better that version or devil's rejects version i like this version i do too and um i really i like that scene at the end too where they burn mary's corpse and he's like wearing like his like the like the like skeleton makeup yeah that shit i love that that's like my one of my favorite. Like he looks so cool with like his like long white hair and like skeleton makeup and like his like red like thing. Like I saw, I thought he looked so cool in that part. Yeah, because that's how, when I met Bill Mosley. That's the picture I got signed from him. Yeah, I think yeah. that's like I hit yeah like real iconic like image. You know what I mean? Yeah, because he signed it. The boogeyman is real. <laughs> yeah. Bill Mosley. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I prefer I prefer Otis in this movie. Like Otis is kind of fucked up in this movie and crazy, but right. They take a little too, a little too far in Devil's Rejects, you know. <laughs> yeah, even Bill Mosley said he had he had to like take breaks constantly filming Devil's Rejects. Yeah, I mean there's parts that I do like um, the part where he beats that guy. He's like, I come I come to do the devil's work and all that stuff. I like that part in that movie, right? Uh, yeah, there's parts of of it in that movie that I like him, but but then you also have the 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 horrible scene in the in the yes, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yes, I do. <laughs> so that just took a little too far, right? Um, what about uh, what about Baby? Do you think? I mean, she's kind of the same in both movies, huh? A little bit. I actually like it better in Devil's Rejects, so I think she's... Well, one, you don't hear the laugh as much, which is nice. But yeah, I think the reason I like her not more is she's just more, like, sadistic, but not where I'm like, oh, hell yeah, that's, like, sexy. It's more just like, all right, it fits better in a different way. It's not an annoying way. Yeah, in this movie, uh, she's very cartoony. Yeah. She always in this cartoon voice. I mean, I do like that you see her. She's like obviously like spoiled by her mom yeah. and stuff like that, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. And you can kind of see that, like she's like kind of a spoiled, grown up kid, kind of. Mm-hmm. Like particularly in the scene with the cheerleaders and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, she gets a little annoying in this movie for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I used to have a t-shirt. I mean, I will get more Devil's Rejects time, but I used to have a t-shirt that said Tootie fucking Proving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course, we don't really get... We get Sid Hagen just like the mainly the first part of the movie. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, and it's like iconic because I mean, Devil's Rejects, he's not really wearing his makeup for a, a lot of movies. No. You know what I mean? It's definitely like this is like the iconic, like you know, Captain Spaulding. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's what my tattoo is. So, yeah, exactly. Like, I feel like it's definitely the uh, yeah, the iconic. But it's nice when in the next movie to get more time with him, right? Yeah, dude, it's crazy. I got that tattooed on me two days before he died. That was crazy. Yeah. No. I feel like um, I feel like I feel like. Uh, even though Captain Spaulding, you know, killed those guys because he had to at the beginning of the movie, yeah, I got the feeling in this movie and it stays the same in Devil's Rejects. That whereas Otis and Baby are like cruel and they enjoy like torturing people and doing all this stuff, like Captain Spaulding doesn't seem to be like that really. He just seems like he does what he has to, kind of. You know? What yep. I mean? Yep. Because even in in, the, in Devil's Rejects, he kind of like bitches them out for like what you know. When he finds out what they're what they've been doing at the hotel, you know what I mean? Yep. Yep. And so it's like you get the feeling that me that um you get the feeling that there's some type of history where it's like uh I mean you don't know if 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 like how they're related or anything, right? You know, like it's never really I don't know if it's ever is it really stated even in, in Devil's Rejects? I don't remember. Yeah, it is. I guess he did their dad. Yeah, he's their dad. Oh yeah. But obviously, they—he's—he uh, doesn't live there no more. So, yeah. So he's their dad, and then Earl is Tiny's dad. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the uh, 
That's one problem with uh, with Devil's Rejects too is they didn't get Karen Black to play. I didn't really like the lady who played Mrs. Firefly in that movie too much. Compared right, to but I can't remember. Didn't she pass away right before they filmed it? It's something like that. And yeah. yeah. But yeah, it definitely made a... I mean, didn't quite hit the same without her. Yeah. That's probably why they, they didn't really keep her in the movie. You know, like, uh, keep her as a character for too long in the movie. Um, yeah. But yeah, the... Uh, um, what was I going to say? Um, and yeah, I, th- I think it's funny because, yeah, like other characters like... Um, What's the other brother, uh, Rufus? Like, I mean, he barely's, you know, he's just kind of there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, he does, he's like basically dead in the first 10 minutes of Devil's Rejects. So it's like, um, right. it's really, it really is the baby and Otis show, right? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, you know, I think, um, I think the movie, like, I think it holds up. I mean, I still like the movie. Oh yeah, I do for sure. The thing about it is, you got to it's 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 kind of it's kind of dumb, but you right. kind of got to go with it, right? You know what I mean? Yep. And uh, and yeah, it's just kind of crazy. It's a crazy movie, and and but I kind of like that. I like that it's like crazy and it goes off the rails. And I don't, I maybe don't like it as much as I did, you know. 12 years ago when I first saw it, you know what I mean? But I yeah, no, like for it. sure. I still like it, you know, because I really, like, liked it a lot when I first saw it. I think it's probably because I never saw anything really like it before, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, don't really oh, yeah, like I remember it. going to theaters, dude. Yeah. Like, seeing it in theaters? Yep, and I was like, fuck yes. I was like, dude, zombie needs to make more movies. Yeah, it's like, there's, there's nothing really quite like it. I liked the, the feeling of it. I liked all the crazy, like, cuts and the way the music i liked all the music in the movie a lot the music's really good oh, yeah. in the movie like all the music like his songs and then all the all the just all of them the the whole soundtrack i think is really good in this movie yep and um yeah just the, the whole feeling of it i really liked and it really does have that halloween movie feeling like this is definitely a great movie to watch for halloween i think you know oh yeah dude for sure like and not just because it's set in halloween but that too, no. you know, it's, yeah. set in, it's set in Halloween, but it has a really just has that Halloween feeling, in my opinion, you know. Yeah, it does. I mean, fireflies have a real fucked up way of celebrating Halloween, but <laughs> right. Do you feel like, um, do you feel like this movie makes you like, do you feel like at the end of it, you kind of liked fireflies, even though they're fucked up? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, I do for sure. Unlike Devil's Rejects, we actually feel sorry for him at the end. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> right, but Devil's Rejects, I feel like, is weirder because because you see them do really kind of more horrible things in that movie than this one, right? Fuck yeah, you do, and then at the end, you're rooting for them. Yeah, it's real weird. Yeah. It's a it's a weird thing because Rob Zombie said he didn't he didn't want people to be like on their side, and yet right. in this movie, he you're on their side, really. You know what I mean? In, in yeah. the movie, you know. So he wanted to change that Devil's Rejects and make them even more, even worse. But then he didn't really quite follow through with that because by the end, like that cop seems to be worse than them. You know what I mean? Right. And, he, and he, they're the victims. 
That's, I, yep. like that. I thought that was real weird. That's one thing I didn't like about the movie as well. Right. Um, yeah, I do feel like I do feel like you are kind of like uh, you know. I guess you're you're with you're with them in a way. I mean, I don't I don't necessarily know if I really liked the Fireflies, but uh, I don't I think like is a little strong of a word, but you know what I mean. Yeah. But you do kind of like them at the same time. It's kind of weird, right? Like, uh, yeah. I mean, like I said, you got all the crazy stuff from Otis. Um, I also really like the colors. Um, the yeah, I just streamed it off of Amazon, but the Amazon things seem to be updated for like the probably the new transfer that you know what I mean? Yep. Because it looked like a lot nicer than the old DVD did, so it must have been right. updated to transfer on on uh, on Amazon, you know. So maybe it probably wasn't as nice as watching the Blu-ray, right? But that fucking Blu-ray is amazing, man. The colors are so vibrant. Yeah, the like they like. I forget if that's a 4K scan. Is it? It's not. I don't know if it. It's not a 4K disc but i don't know if it's a 4k scan or not i don't think it's a 4k scan either i think it's just straight blu-ray but it's fucking beautiful yeah well it's probably yeah. like a 2k or or something i think it might be a 4k scan but it's just not in 4k you know what i mean right i i don't because i don't have the dvd i can't check but because yeah because i have i have a bunch of dvds that that are 4k like um restorations or scans of movies that they're still right. blu-ray speaking of that do you want my blu-ray copy of prey uh sure yeah okay cool the um yeah so trying to think is there anything else about the movie that we haven't talked about yet do you want to hit on no we got it all i mean this is the fun movie yeah like what what's kind of your your your, your final thoughts and grade for the movie uh, my final thoughts on it are it's definitely like a great gateway horror movie too if you're really trying to get into horror like that came out later and you don't want to start with like the 70s horror that Rob Zombie created it after. Yeah. But it could take you back to the 70s horrors when you like start really watching it. And I really think it's beautifully shot. The score is great. The music's great. So I give like a four out of five. Yeah, that's fun. It's it's funny that uh, in some ways this movie this movie came out around the same time as like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, didn't it? Yeah. And it's funny though because yeah, that one is like more like washed out looking, where this is like really vibrant. Right. This movie looks more like I think this movie's more in common with Texas Chainsaw 2 than the first one, in my opinion. Oh, definitely, dude. For sure. You know what I mean? Because it has the kind of same type of, like, really bright primary coloring type of type of stuff that the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 had, you know? Right. And the kind of crazy, like, humor. Like, this movie's... Like, I, I don't think this, this movie's not really scary, right? It's more... No. It's, it's kind of funny, really, right? Yeah. Like, even at, at its worst, the most violent, it's kind of funny, you know? Yeah. I think that's the thing about the movie is it doesn't, like I said before, it was, I felt like it kind of got lumped in with a lot of the torture porn stuff or things like that right. around at the same time or 
But this was a little bit before that, I guess. Because when did Hostel come out? Was that 2000? It was around the same time, too, huh? Well, no, Hostel came out in 2005. Okay, so that was later. Because so, it yeah. started with um, Saw. Right, so this was this was around the same time as Saw, huh? Yeah. And this movie has nothing to do with those movies, really. No, it's, not at all. You know, it's way, it's brighter. You can tell it, it was made in 2000. Right. In a lot of ways, this movie reminds me more of like, um, I don't know, like the Haunting of Hill. I mean, the the House on Haunted Hill remake and yeah. a lot of those type of horror movies from that that period. You know, with the bright yeah. coloring and everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think it's I think it's it's a good movie, and and I think that. I mean, I feel like uh, I wish that that. Um, the rest of Rob Zombie's career was his, was you know kept at the same rate as this movie, but you know he's, he's yeah agreed. You know, he's had his hits and his misses, but um, uh yeah, I'd say it's probably a four four star movie. I think yeah, it's good. It's not definitely not perfect, and it's definitely not. It, I feel like critics hated it because it's just a crazy movie. They probably like, you know. Didn't like because it's Rob Zombie or whatever. Right. I mean, I can say that, you know, Rob Zombie did a pretty good job for his first time. I mean, it is kind of a, a long music video in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, it works. And, you know, it's, yep. it's still, he has, he has a real flair for the visuals and all that kind of stuff. So, oh, yeah, I do. And the funny, most ironic thing about all this is Universal went crawling back to him and asked him to. Please make Halloween Horror Nights and can we use House of Thousand Corpses as the haunted house to start it with? Yeah. Because yeah. that shit was falling apart for years and they're like, uh, can we ask for your help? Yeah. He en- yeah. He ended up, and that's, I think that's part of how he ended up uh, doing that Monsters movie too, right? Yeah. He started kind of working with Universal again. Yeah. I was there for a while. Right, Halloween too. He didn't work with a studio. Period. No, not at all. He was fucking done. <laughs> like you know, Blumhouse gave him like two million dollars or something to make uh, Hordes of Salem. But yeah, that's when Blumhouse was still pretty small, small, small potatoes back then. You know. Yeah. You know, in 2013 when I came out, and yeah. then you got like after that. I mean, like. um um, thir- thirty-one and and three from hell were both like self-funded, basically. I think. Yeah, I think so. I still would love to see this Tyrannosaurus Rex movie. He wants to make a Tyrannosaurus Rex movie. Well, it wasn't about a dinosaur at all. It was about some like killer. It was just called Tyrannosaurus Rex for some reason. Oh, okay. But the one movie I wish I could have seen, and I've seen some of the script, was The Crow. Yeah, because he's supposed to do a version of the crow. Yeah, but it wasn't like gonna be a remake or nothing. It's just gonna be like way in the future. It's gonna be like more like a cyberpunk movie. Okay. But Rob Zombie style. Yeah, I feel like there's a few things that he was like attached to and can happen like that. Yeah, and Dimension yeah. fucked them over on it. <laughs> yeah, Dimension fucked a lot of people over. <laughs> yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, I, I mean. I, maybe he'll make werewolf women in SS. You never know. You never know, especially now that Thanksgiving's coming out. Yeah, that'd be cool. 
I mean, I just hope that uh, that he makes another good movie at some point. Yeah, I do too. Because the monsters was, uh, well, yeah, took me a few days to watch that. <laughs> but um, yeah, so let's see. Since the last episode, we did go and see Saw Ten. Yes, we did. I guess we can do a little review of Saw Ten. Um, I mean, I've only seen the first three Saw movies, aside from and Spiral, aside from this one. But right. uh, I mean, like, like to me, this I think that I think that uh, Saw Ten was right up there with with the first three. Oh, I agree, dude, hundred percent. It felt like what Saw used to be before it became just pure torture porn. Yeah, like I really liked that it was like a, a story and it was, yep. you know about John Kramer and and the whole thing with like the people you know the cancer people like taking advantage of him, you know. Yeah. And him take and him take, you know, that's one of the first times with Saw where you actually feel like he's kind of in the right. Yep. Know? Like you're yep. like you're kind of with him with it. Like you're you're like, yeah, like maybe it's a little extreme. <laughs> what right. he makes these people do right you know yeah but uh but but you you know you're on his side really i mean these people are like taking advantage of desperate people you know what i mean yeah and like it's kind of cool it shows like how he's ready to give up being jigsaw at first when he realizes cancer's gonna be you know cured or hopefully cured he just kind of was like you know what i'm, I'm done yeah but then, yeah but yeah then he realizes that it's not and yeah and uh, I really like that the 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 traps in it are, I guess, like more realistic, right? Kind of, you know what I mean? Like, like they're yep. like, like you notice the difference? Like that first guy who had the thing, like, um, that he had, to, you know, like when he had to like cut his arms off or whatever. Yeah. Like, you're like, okay, this is like just pretty basic stuff. Like, it's not like problem even by saw three is that shit was like way too complicated you know what i mean yep like you get to a point where it's like this is like not realistic at all right right in this movie all the things that he has them do seem you know probably not people probably wouldn't be able to survive it right but right but but it seems like something that you could imagine somebody creating you know yeah. Like the kind of, I don't know, this has a bit more of a gritty yeah, uh, feeling to it. And uh, yeah, just like a really good, good plot that like, keeps you like, like keeps you with it and good acting. That's one thing this movie really has over a lot of Saw movies, I feel like, is it has really good acting. Yep, agreed, dude, for sure. Like everyone in it's good. You got you know Shawnee Smith and 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 what's his name plays plays John Kramer. I'm like blank his name. Yeah, Tobin Bell. Tobin Bell, and then the lady who played the doctor. Like yeah, and even like all the other characters. Like everybody's like really good in this movie. Yeah, they were. I think that helps elevate it a lot. Yeah, and then dude, fucking like that shit gets crazy. Like through that movie when like. You start getting to the meat of it, and you're like, that bitch is fucked up. <laughs> yeah. We start realizing just how fucked up that doctor lady is. Yeah. Like, holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Like, you're fucking just as bad as him. Yeah, she's cold. Yeah, she is. 
Yeah, she's like a she's a survivor. One of those kind of survivor people who do whatever she can to save her own skin. Right. Yeah. It's I like. Think... What do you say? It's like it's fucked up. Like you know the trap with the girl with the radiation. Yeah. And she lives, and he's like, she needs to go to a hospital. She passed her game. She's like, no, she don't. Crushes her head. Yeah, that's fucked up. Like, what the fuck? Are you gonna see that? Like, John Kramer seemed pretty like horrified. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> you know. Yep. Like he has like a kind of weird sense of right and wrong. You know. Right. Like, he he's gonna put you through this fucked up thing, but if you survive, he'll take care of you. Yeah, it's a sense you know. of honor, you know. <laughs> it's a code of honor. Well, we saw that earlier when the one guy survived the trap, and yep. and he actually came over with like first aid kit and started taking care of his arms. Yep. That's the other thing is that you have two people actually survive their traps in this movie. You know. Yeah. Which does not always happen with the zombies, no. right? No, I don't. Hell no. And then, like, that ending dude with the kid and him in the trap, I'm like, oh, fuck, is that kid going to die? So my, what I realized is that uh, some people, uh, some uh, reviews they heard, thought that he showed up and John didn't know that he was going to come, come there. Right. I don't think so. I think that John knew that the kid was going to show up. Oh, do you? I think so. I think that, I think that, that he, I think... I think that the plan for him was that they're either gonna put him and and uh, what's her name into Amanda. that trap, Amanda. That could be what he was planning on. Right. But part of me almost feels like that that the plan was was to have the kid who's gonna show up. Yeah. You know, cause I can give, see that. Give, give him the money. You know, they gave him all the money at the end. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. I mean, it could, you know, I'm not sure. That's a good, that's a good theory, man. You know, you, you know, I guess you, you really don't know with him, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but either way, I mean, he gave the kid all the money, which is nice of him. Right. And in Mexico, that shit's worth even more than $8 million. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> well, in Mexico, that's probably like worth like probably well, like 20 million or something like that. Right. Like 30 million or some shit. Yeah. But yeah, the, uh, even so, if it was him and Amanda, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that maybe he hoped that they would uh, that they would go up and do the money without putting them in that trap. But you know, right. probably the the somebody saying, well, probably the plan was that they're going to put him and Amanda in that trap, and then they both knew how much to pull. You know what I mean? Yeah. So neither one of them got it, but. Um, I, mean, I wonder where John got all that blood, though. Yeah, I don't know. That's a that's really good. good question. It's probably not. It's probably animal blood. I imagine he probably went down to like a you know butcher and was like, "Oh, can I get a uh, fifty gallons of fucking right. <laughs> fucking big blood?" I mean, and then they get all covered. I mean, that's gotta be horrible. It probably. Oh yeah, dude. Particularly like, uh, yeah. Since it, you know, getting that fake blood out of it, out of your, like they're completely covered in that shit. Yeah. The um, I think it's like my third favorite Saw movie. To be honest with you. Yeah, I think it's up there. I think it's better than three. Oh, it's definitely better than three, dude. Yeah, I think it's up there with the first two for sure. Yeah. I think for me it goes Saw, Saw two, Saw ten, and then Saw six. 
Yeah, I mean, I've only seen the first three, so I can't say. Uh, but I think this is as good as as the first two for sure. Right. Like, and uh, it seems like a lot of people agree. Like, I listened to some podcasts about it. Uh huh. And um, they all said the same thing. They all felt like it was like one of the best. One guy was actually thought he actually. One guy actually liked it the best. Oh, nice! Put it right up there of the first one. Right. Which I can see. I mean, I think this movie is like that good. It's up there with those ones. It's maybe not as good as the very first one, right? But it's yeah. up there, you know. No, it's a hell of a movie, bro. Which is really impressive, you know, that they come out with the tenth movie. Right. And it's it's like one of the best ones. Yep. It feels like they learned. You know how long how long was it since? Um. Was it Jigsaw? Like, what was the one before Jigsaw? That was like the real. The real ending. Yeah. That was uh Saw 3D. How long ago was that? Oh shit, dude! Two thousand. It's like ten years ago. Easily, dude. Easily, even maybe even longer. Like, okay, let me look. Let me look it up real quick. I feel like I feel like the people, the guys who made this movie, it seemed like they. Two thousand ten. 2010 oh wow so it's been it's been 13 years i feel yeah. like they they took the criticisms and the stuff you know it's almost like they were like, like okay what's what's the stuff that worked and didn't work about the old movies and tried to right. make a movie that take you know just try to like work it out and make a better movie you know what i mean yeah that's how that's what this feels like it feels like you know really like back to the uh to the to the core of what saw is about and if they're gonna make more with tobin bell like this i mean i'll definitely watch it again you know oh yeah and of course the way they ended it i'm pretty sure they're gonna make this it's made a shit ton of money for like well for nowadays it has yeah like, i'm pretty sure i think it made like 80 90 million already yeah i think it did really good and also stayed really high in its second yep. second weekend too yeah like I think I think in the second weekend it was still pretty high up, and it got great reviews too, like from critics and everybody. Yeah, I mean, it seems like pretty much universally everybody's like, "Yeah, this is a great, great movie." You know what I mean? Yeah. Which, yeah, I mean, I was pretty blown away by. It. I mean, it's def- you know I like Spyro okay, but this is like a good movie. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Spyro was kind of was not, was a fun movie. I don't necessarily yeah. know if it was a good movie. You know? Yeah. But this is like uh, a solidly like I could say this is a good movie. You know what I mean? Like it's not right. Like even if you don't like Saw, you'll probably even or even if you don't really know much about Saw, you probably will like the movie if you've at least seen Saw one. You know? Oh yeah, dude. Like, um, yeah. I mean, I I feel like I feel like the only people who are going to be disappointed by Saw ten are people who like the elaborate, ridiculous traps in the later Saw movies. Yeah, and that's what I've seen. The people who don't like it are the ones like the traps weren't brutal enough, and it just it was dumb, and there was too much story. I'm like, did you watch the original saw? Yeah, so you get I get the feeling that there's people out there who liked the later saw movies because they just want to see the torture and the traps, and and they don't care about the plot, right? You know. Yeah. And then you got people who actually like good movies, <laughs> like this, right? Movie, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, honestly, like, I think it's a, it's pretty much a five out of five movie. I mean, I don't think there's anything. Oh yeah, agree. I mean? 
Like, it's definitely a movie that I'd recommend to people, you know, even if you're not a huge fan of Saw, like, I'm not the biggest Saw fan myself, but I really liked it a lot, and it made me, you know, made me appreciate the series more than I did before, you know what I mean? Right. So I think, uh, yeah, I think that was a good one. And, I, you know, it came out right at the end of September and kicked off Halloween season, really, and we then we went and saw The Exorcist in the theaters last week. Which was awesome, which was fucking awesome. Yeah, and it was the uh, the 4K uh, restoration. Yeah, which was dude, that shit was beautiful. Yeah, it was really beautiful. I can see some people not liking that they changed the color so much. Okay, you know what I mean. But right. I, liked, I I thought it looked good though. I liked it. I did too. You know, I I kind of feel like the the more extreme coloring kind of worked for it. You know. Yeah, for sure. Like stuff really popped out, and um, it definitely looked better than the than the old Blu-ray transfer, right? Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I felt I thought it, it was really just awesome to see it in the theaters. Oh hell yeah, it was, dude! Hell yeah! And uh, you know. The sound, the sound, the sound mix was really nice in the theater as well. Yeah, like the scene where where Chris was up in the attic and you could hear the, or even just before that, like at the beginning of the movie, where you hear like the, the bumping, the sounds going on in the attic, and you could it right. felt like it was like right above your head in the theater. You know? Yeah, dude, for sure. And then next week we're gonna go see uh, Exorcist Believer. Yeah. You're excited. <laughs> totally, dude. It's the best movie ever. I'm dude, I'm going with no expectations of that bullshit. Yeah. I, I uh not yeah. I mean it's got that movie's gotten literally just critically panned. Oh yeah. There's not a single good good I think I think this movie actually has a lower rating on Rotten Tomatoes than uh and House Thousand Corpses, really? Right. <laughs> I think it's like a twenty-two percent or something like that. Woohoo! Uh, I do know that at one point, at one point, Chris McNeil says that she wasn't allowed to be in the room with her daughter's exorcism because of the patriarchy. Right. I saw that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no you know, like she didn't. You know, they begged her and begged her to do the movie, and she was like, "Nope." No, nope. And the only reason why she said yes is because Blumhouse promised to make a scholarship in her name for like some children's charity or something. Yeah, so she she can't. Yeah, because she was pretty uh, adamant about not taking part in the stuff because yep. yeah, because her respect for like Lady and Friedkin. The, the funny thing I saw uh, a thing where uh, what's his name the guy um, David Gordon Green was like. Be interested to see what Bill and Friedkin think, but before Friedkin died, he basically said that he, when he dies, he wants to haunt David Gordon Green <laughs> because of making this movie, because how much he hates him for making this movie. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. I know that, because uh, you know it's supposed to be a trilogy, right? Yeah. They, they actually told David Gordon Green he can't do the next two. <laughs> All right, they took him off. Yep. Like, oh, that's fucking, that, that's bad. 
Well, and your movie's getting critically savaged the way this movie is, you know. Right. I'm sure it doesn't feel good to be David Gore Green right now, right? Nah, nah. I mean, you know, everybody hates you for Halloween ends. Yeah, I mean, he's he's really uh, at this point in the horror world. I mean, he's really. Uh, I mean, let's see. He's made. He's now made four, and only two of them were good. Yep. And uh, and those those two were also somewhat questionable, but they're still you know on the better side of things, you know. Right. Yeah. Speaking of Halloween, did you see that Miramax got the rights for the TV? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Uh, I, I was kind of hoping that A24 would get it instead of Miramax. I was too. Because, I mean, let's, let's look at it this way. Miramax had the rights. Yeah. And what did they make? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we already know what, they, what kind of bullshit they make, right? That's right. And the last Miramax one was uh, Resurrection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, like... I mean, at least Miramax isn't being run by the by the Weinstein's anymore, so it might help. Right. You know. Watch. Hey, zombie! <laughs> Fuck off. Because I mean, the Weinstein's were really. I mean, what ruined like a lot of movies, you know, yeah, for Miramax and Dimension, particularly Dimension. I mean. Yeah. So many of those movies that like like Hellraiser Bloodline. Probably would have been a lot better movie if it wasn't for the wine scenes, you know? Right. And like so many other movies that they they just like drove people crazy making. We would have yep. had we would have had a proper Scream Three written by uh, by what's his name? By Kevin Williamson. By Kevin Williamson, yeah. Yep. If it wasn't for the wine scenes. Yep. So, you know, probably you know, I wonder. Yeah, probably Miramax is better off without them. But um. Oh yeah, dude. The uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, but they only have the TV rights, right? Yeah, just the TV rights. But right now, nobody has the rights for the movies. What'd be nice is is if A twenty four could get those rights. Yeah. And then you know Miramax to make TV stuff. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, where do you go with with Halloween from this point? I no clue because there's nothing really you can do. It just make. You know, learn just Michael's go around stabbing people. Yeah, because I mean, you know, what are you gonna do? I mean, you're not you're not picking up where I mean, the David Gordon Green trilogy is its own thing. Yeah, done. Michael's dead in that. You're not picking that up. You're doing something nope. else. And uh, and like, if you go back to the original continuity, um. Which again is like which one is the original continuity, right? Right. You got I mean you got Halloween one through six and then H two O vaguely is part of it. Right. Not real kind of which to me is like the original ending for me if you want if you just want to do the ones with Jimmy Lee Curtis. Yeah, you could see you could see one through six and H2O as being like a, a series, right? Right. Or even just one, two and H2O could be seen yep. as like their own little thing. But yeah, I mean, so you're not picking up. I mean, what are you going to do? Pick up where six left off? Right. I mean, Michael survives at the end of six. I mean, yeah. You watch the producers cut, you know, they, they get away. But for some reason, yep. Michael's turned into... Uh, 
the man in black for some reason. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh-huh. But, uh, you know, what are you going to like? Okay. I, I mean, I guess I'd be more interested in seeing that. Like, let's just can pick up the thorn rune thing and try to do something with that. You know, right. That might be a bit more interesting. I mean, I'd, ver- I guess if I want to, if we're going to do another Halloween, I think I'd prefer to see Halloween. Like, uh, I prefer to have Michael Myers be a supernatural thing. Right. Personally, you know, or what they could do. Like, this is another theory. I think that for me, do another, do another Halloween with Michael Myers and then do one, like how John Carpenter, John Carpenter intended it, where you just make it, you know, same name, like Halloween, but different story. Yeah. But do you think, I don't, do you think people would, I don't know if people would even accept that today. Yeah, that's probably true. They might be like, what's fucking Michael? Yeah, you know how people are. Yeah. Like, there's no Michael. I mean, people only go to these movies to see Michael, really. Right. It's like people didn't like Halloween Ends. Yeah. So I don't know if they could really get away with that. Yeah. Maybe on a TV show. Yeah, maybe on a TV show, they could do that. I don't know. I guess we'll see. I mean, really, I mean, in the end, you're going to be just going back to basics. I mean, it's going to be like a remake, but maybe not a remake, you know? Yeah. You could, I guess, do a new movie that's not really a remake. That's just going back to the basics of, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like, see, that's the problem. Like, uh, out of all those series, the only one which I think really can be rebooted successfully would be Friday the 13th. Yep. Because Friday the 13th, like, I mean, the movie, the original movies, you know, I mean, they're they're pretty simple. You just you got you got you got Jason, and he murders people, right? You know, that's all yep. you need. <laughs> right, exactly. Just need some idiotic teenagers down by their lake. Yep. And Jason goes and murders them. That's why I, even that, that um reboot one that they did in two thousands, I thought was fine. You know. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. It's it's J it's it's Jason in two thousands. Like I don't know what people were expecting. Right. You know what I mean? People bitching about it, and I'm like, it's literally the same thing as those other movies. It's just not set in the eighties because it's not in the eighties. You know. Right. Just a bunch of annoying teenagers who get murdered. People Quite forget about Jason Ten. Jason goes to hell. <laughs> yeah, those movies don't count. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I yeah, I mean. Uh, which of course our our next year uh, next we're gonna have our our Halloween episode, which is gonna be our our uh, Friday thirteenth one. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Do we want to talk about Jason X? Because I've never seen that movie. So see if you want to watch it. <laughs> I don't know. Don't if I want to watch to. that movie. Okay, yeah, we're good. Is it, I, does that movie even really count? Not really. You know. Not my no. mind. Not my, my mind. The series ends with Jason goes to hell, and then we talk about Freddy versus Jason as well. That works. That completely works. Yeah, because uh, yeah, that's how it always ends in my head. Yeah, no, I agree. And Jason X, like, I mean, didn't it get pulled and then it wasn't didn't come out until much later on or something like that? I think so. I remember seeing it in theaters, and I was just like, "Wow, wow, really." Yeah. Because we didn't talk about Freddy vs. Jason in, in our Nightmare on Elm Street series because no. we we're going to talk about it in the series. So. Yeah. So, yeah, so we'll, we'll go. We'll do Friday the 13th up to, uh, up to Jason Goes to Hell and then Freddy vs. Jason. So 
Yeah. The, uh, yeah. And we don't need to talk about the, the remake either really. Right. We can, you know, mention, I mean, basically I gave my review on it. I think it's okay. Right. Yeah. It's, it's perfectly fine. You know, brutal kills. You can kind of lump it together. Freddy versus Jason. Cause they both have kind of similar brutal Jason kills. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think uh, it wasn't. Um, they didn't bring what's his name into the remake either, did they? Um, oh, Kane Hodder. Kane Hodder, right? No. Yeah, it was someone else. The thing is, it's like Jason something. Or I can't remember. It's like, it's like some, I think it's Jason something. Yeah, I can't remember. Like, he was a cool Jason, though. Yeah, he was very imposing. Yeah. Yeah, kills are pretty brutal, and particularly if you watch the unrated cut, that movie's pretty brutal. Oh yeah, dude, for sure. Like, um, yeah, that one and and Freddy vs. Freddy vs. Season pretty brutal too. Yeah, dude. Oh, new Chucky season's really good so far. Why is he in the Why is he in the in the White House? I don't know yet. They haven't really hinted at how he even got there. Okay. But the kid who has him thinks it's his dead brother. So is each season like different? No, it's all like the main cast is still in it, but then they just add different characters to it. But it's still have the three kids going after them. Okay. So they're trying to kill all the Chucky dolls that are out there. Is this more than one Chucky in the in the movie? Well, no, it's just one Chucky. Well, for a while, there's a bunch, but still him. He figured out a way to separate his soul to a bunch of different dolls. Oh, okay. Did that happen? Did you ever see Colt of Chucky? No. Okay, it explains it all there. Oh, okay. Yeah, I uh, haven't seen most of the Chucky movies, actually. Okay. Yeah, that's one. You know, that's another one of the ones we'll, we'll cover, and I'll have to watch all of them. Right. Uh, I've only I've only seen Child's Play one. Okay, yeah, I, Child's Play two is actually my favorite, but I'll leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, we'll get we'll we'll cover all of them. I and no, uh, I've seen Child's Play one. I've seen uh, is it Seed of Chucky? Oh yeah, that's awesome. So, is that the one where it's like the not like it's kind of like they did kind of reboot it a little bit. No, it's not. Oh, no, no, that's not C. Because C's one where he kills John Waters. Okay. Um, the one that's kind of a reboot is uh, oh fuck, what's it called? It's the one that starts with the girl getting Chucky like in the mail or whatever. Yeah, yeah, because it has uh Fiona Durf or yeah Brad Duroff in it. And she plays this character named Nika. In the yeah. world. God, what the hell? I own it. What the fuck's it called? I don't remember off the top of my head right now because there's Cold and Chucky, which came out after that. Let's see, Chucky series, because I've seen that one too. Just because uh, it was on Netflix and I said to watch it. Right. Um. Oh wait, now I want to show me this. Um. Yeah, movie series in order. Let's see. Child's Play. Curse of Chucky. Curse of Chucky. Yeah. Yeah, so I've seen Curse of Chucky and Child's Play. I feel like I've probably seen Child's Play 2. 
probably three like when i was a kid but cause, like i know right. the cover and stuff but i just i don't remember the movie's very good so yeah i definitely need to to go back and rewatch all the, all the chucky stuff uh like but yeah i figure we'll, we'll do uh we'll do a chucky um episode at some point and talk about all of them oh yeah dude up to cult of chucky because i'm not covering that horrible uh remake fuck that remake <laughs> i told myself i'm never watching that movie ever so i'm not i'm not going to yeah i should have said no that movie that one and nightmare on elm street remake those are two movies that i'll never watch right <laughs> fuck that movie too yeah no way i'm not watching that shit that movie's fucking bullshit. Yeah. How's that? Yeah, you actually saw it. You saw that, didn't you? Yeah. I wasn't going to see The Nightmare on Elm Street, but then Kevin's like, dude, let's go. I'm like, did I fucking see it now? He's like, I'll pay for it. I'm like, if you're paying, I'll go, but fuck it. So I just want to see how bad it is. I'm like, why? <laughs> you know it's going to suck. Oh, oh, it sucked. It sucked hard. <laughs> Do you like, think I'm pretty sure the Exodus Believer is going to look like fucking the Great Gatsby. Compared to that, <laughs> I was gonna say, you think you think you think it's gonna be better or worse than Exorcist Believer? No, <laughs> uh, Exorcist Believer is gonna be better than fucking Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, like I... they're like Jackie Earl Haley was good as Freddy. There was nothing wrong with it. Like, I mean, it's Robert Engel's role. Don't get me wrong; it'll always be Robert Engel's role. Like, but he was bad. He did his own take on. He didn't try to copy him, but he looked horrible. Yeah, the makeup was horrible. Like, I couldn't take it seriously. I feel like it was a Muppet. Yeah, it was very Muppety, yeah. So I, a lot of people say, I was like, a very Muppety makeup, it just looks horrible. Yeah. He doesn't look scary at all. He just kind of looks like he's like... <laughs> I know they try to make it more realistic, but it was kind of... Right. It was a bad move on their part, I think. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just... It just, like... I was kind of over the over the Michael Bay remakes at that point. You know what I mean? Yep. Speaking of Freddy, though, we we need to go win some money so we can try to bid on the original glove that just randomly showed up on auction. The original glove showed up on auction. Yep. I'm sure it's gonna go for a lot of money. I'm sure it is. I mean, I wonder, I wonder, wonder how much that's gonna sell for. I don't know. I'm surprised Wes Craven's estate isn't trying just to get it. Yeah, I wonder who had it. I have no idea. Probably one of the special effects guys. Right. Oh, you know, you know that um, you know, in Evil Dead Two, the the Freddy glove shows is is there yep. in like the workshop. Yep. Didn't they like steal that glove from like night <laughs> from like the Nightmare on Elm Street? I think it was two or three. I forget which I think one. So. They like stole the glove for you know because because I think um or no then I forget how the whole story behind that then I think I think maybe somebody worked for on the special effects for both the movies maybe yeah but also like Wes Craven's a big fan of Sam Raimi because like shit what movie did he have like a hint of Evil Dead in it so so the way that it was in Evil Dead you had the Hills Have Eyes poster that's the- right. And then in Nightmare on Elm Street one, they're she's watching the Evil Dead. Yeah. When she's watching TV, trying to stay awake. 
So then the next one was they put the glove in Evil Dead 2. So it's kind yeah. of like this back and forth between uh, Wes Craven and Sam Raimi. <laughs> yep. Which is, of course, what opened up the idea for people that we could have a movie that would be Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash. Because because if if you take that glove seriously in the back of Evil Dead 2, that means that Nightmare on Elm Street and the Evil Dead universe are the same universe, right? Yep. And same like how they say Jason's a deadite. Yeah, Jason's a deadite now. Yeah. Could be. You never know. Yeah. Makes as much especially when you watch part seven, like I did tonight. You like I can see it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I like because I, I always say, and we'll get into this for the Friday Thirteenth episode, but uh, I like that they made Jason a fucking just straight up zombie. It makes most yep. much more sense, you know, yep. than him magically coming back to life every movie. Right. That's something I don't get. People are like, who are like against that kind of stuff like right michael myers or something yeah it's like it doesn't make it more realistic that he's magically is alive every movie right you know what i mean in my opinion it it makes it more more realistic if he's some type of something supernatural going on because then you're like okay that makes sense why he's still alive after like right getting burned alive (laughs) what's that that's why chucky and pinhead work yeah, because they're like supernatural, and so it's like, okay, that's how they they survive. So it made sense that really nobody can beat Jason. They can just kind of put yeah. him back to sleep, really. You know what I mean? Yeah, pretty much. Like, there's no, there's no beating him. And yeah. I think, I think that that would be such a cool way to go. Michael is to turn him into a undead, like a some type of force of evil that's like animating. You know, it's like possessing this. You know, yeah, type of force of evil related to Halloween. Right. So that would kind of relate to some of the ideas in Halloween too. Yeah. That 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 um John Carpenter kind of put in there, right? Yeah. So you have this kind of force of of evil of the of or some yeah, this this thing that needs to harvest people during Halloween, right? Murder yep. it possesses this kid. Yep. Michael Myers. And now he's basically just like possessed by this unhuman evil, right? Yeah. Like that'd be a lot cooler idea, in my opinion. Oh yeah, dude. Like if you ran with that kind of idea, and yeah, didn't didn't go down the kind of lame thorn root thing they did, right? Thorn root thing, which kind of didn't make sense because they didn't really think it out very well. Yep. But if you just go with that, just purely simple, you don't have to explain the whole thing. It's just like there's this like you know, he's the boogeyman. Like he's like uh you know he's the shape. Like he's like animated by this evil force. Yeah. And if that was the case, then it would make sense why in the end of kills, he somehow manages to get up and murder everybody, even though they like stabbed him to death, basically. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's just like, yeah, he can't be killed because he's like animated by this force. And then, the, you know, worst case, this force can like move on to other bodies and they become Michael Myers. You know, you could, you could yep. do different things with it. Like, like, oh, yeah, dude. I don't know. Right. What do I know? Yeah, you know. More than some of these execs do. <laughs> I was listening to a to a uh, uh, thing that um, p- p- um, post mortem with Mick Garris. Uh-huh. He did this thing. It was for Beyond Fest. It was like a tribute to Roger Corman. Oh, nice! And they had you know like Joe Dante and, and 
Ron Howard and some other people that, that he got, he gave them their start, you know? Right. And, uh, and they were talking about, they're like, the thing that was great about working for Roger Corman is that he actually made movies and understood movies, you know, was literate in movies. And uh, Joe Dante's basically saying that he's like, none of the execs today in Hollywood have any idea how to make a movie or what makes a good movie good or anything like that. <laughs> he's like, these people, uh, pretty much everybody running Hollywood today has no idea how, like, not, doesn't even know anything about movies, really. And I think you can really see that in modern movies, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I do for sure. You can see that it's run by people who never made a movie in their life and have no idea what makes a good movie, you know? Yep. But, uh, yeah. Well, maybe movies will start getting made. I mean, uh, they didn't work with the Screen Actors Guild. Yeah. So, I mean, hopefully they'll get back to work. I mean, we'll see what happens. Right. See if we get any movies next year. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, well, I guess we'll close out. So, cool. Yeah, like I said, um, we have at the end of the month will be the Friday 13th. So, everybody can look forward to that. And, um, yeah. And happy Friday 13th. And happy Friday 13th. We're recording this on Friday 13th. So, yes. After I realized that there was Friday 13th this month, I was thinking, oh, like maybe we should have released the Friday 13th episode on Friday 13th. All right, but uh, yeah, I didn't. Uh, yeah, I'm not ready for that record episode even yet. So, right, it's <laughs> gonna be our Halloween episode. So, <laughs> yep. all right. Well, thank you, Mike. Thank and, uh, you. Everybody enjoys. More victims and plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Confirm earlier reports of cannibalism. The building was a scene of ghoulish slaughter. A large kettle on the stove which held boiled body parts. Identified more victims. Killed even more. Plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Had sex with some of his victims before he killed them, and that he was also a necrophiliac.
examiner says he expects to positively identify most victims. It is diabolic! 